to the Solo Women RV Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Belch. That's right. I said the Solo Women RV Podcast. We are rebranding over here. When I started Travels with Squeaky, it was primarily a blog, and I was going to be showcasing my own personal travels and adventures on the road. I named Travels with Squeaky after my 1999 American Cruiser Class B RV because... Well, it was over 20 years old and had a lot of squeaks and still does. Um, And that's what I named my blog and that's what I named the podcast. But now as I dive deeper into this journey and deeper into this podcast and deeper into blogging, I realized that it's not just about my journey. What I'm really passionate about is sharing the stories of other solo women travelers like myself. So while I will still be sharing some of my own journeys and whatnot, really the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of my blog is to share the stories of other women who are traveling, share advice, share tips and feedback so that others who are interested in getting involved in this lifestyle can see that there's others out there doing it, living it, being it. When I was interested in getting started in RV travel, I went in search of information so that I could learn from others who were out there doing it. And while I did find a lot of solo women out there on Instagram and on YouTube, there wasn't a lot of other podcasts out there of solo women travelers. And that's what I really, that's how I really enjoyed taking my information in. I'm an active person. I like to listen when I'm walking, when I'm driving. And while I found some great podcasts out there, there just really wasn't anything that spoke directly to me as a solo woman. And so that's why I decided to create my own podcast. And since I already had the name Travels with Squeaky at the blog, I thought, why not? I'll keep the same name. But as the podcast has evolved, and I'm not just telling my story and my travels, I'm interviewing lots of other solo women, sharing their stories, their tricks and tips for solo travel. So I decided it's time to change the name to more accurately represent what we're doing here and what this podcast is all about. So welcome to the Solo Women RV podcast. I'm also going to be rebranding the blog, but until I can get my web designer on that, travelswithsqueaky.com is still the best place to dive in deeper for further content for Solo Women RVers. So happy 2022, everyone. I think we have a lot to look forward to. My guest this week on the podcast is Debbie Minnick. I've had quite a few inspirational stories so far on the podcast, but I think this one for me really was the most inspiring. Debbie's going to come on here and she's going to talk a bit about how solo RV travel turned not only her mental health around, but her physical health around coming back from some pretty big setbacks. I learned so much from Debbie. It was so great to chat with her. And I hope you will enjoy her interview as well. All right, Debbie. So why don't you just go ahead and kind of give me a little bit of your backstory and how you got started. Okay. So I'll give you the the very beginning up to where I, I caught the bug to start traveling. So first it's natural to me to move around because I was in foster care. I was adopted twice. I was in 21 foster homes. Um, I was in 
at Children's Home in, in Tampa for three years. Um, the, the second adopted family was very kind to me, but I was an angry child by then. Um, wow. So I moved out at 17, um, had an apartment for a little while and lost it, of course, you know, you're 17. And <laughs> so ended up on the street for a little bit and probably about five months. And I met the man I was going to marry. Um, I was wow. working fast food, you know, yeah. and I, I had heard that he liked me, but he was afraid I was out of his league. And I laughed at that. Um, so I said on my 18th birthday, I said, you, you want to go out or what? He said, sure. So I moved in with him the next day and I was with him until he died. Oh and my God. What a story. <laughs> wow. So he unfortunately passed away when he was 38, eight days oh before our 20 God. year anniversary. Wow. Um, pancreatic cancer. Oh. And then, um, so I kind of checked out for a while and got very, very sick. I already had some autoimmune diseases, um, Crohn's and pancreatitis at the time. And it escalated over the years um, just because I didn't know what to do next. And I was lost for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I um, ended up with a total of seven autoimmune diseases. And one of them called polyarteritis nodosa was trying to kill me. <laughs> okay. So um, doctors told me in 2014 to uh, go home, make my final arrangements that I wasn't going to live the year. So I went home and told my son, I said, I'm selling the house to either you or someone else, but I'm getting an RV and I'm going to hit the road and see everything your father and I were supposed to see together. So um, I ended up... Um, selling the house to my son and I hit the road in an old class C and traveled for eight months and went through highs and lows, you know, uh, first time confronted with myself and all that I had gone through. So ups and downs, ups and downs. And I, uh, started writing and I have eight brothers and one of them is an English teacher and I was sharing it with him. And he says, you know, you're actually writing poetry, right? And I said, no, because I don't know anything about poetry. Mm. <laughs> and he said, no, you really are. And it's profound and all this stuff. So it was just stuff I needed to get out of myself. And I wrote it. I ended up writing 32 poems in six months. Mm. And I was getting better emotionally and physically getting better. Wow. And I uh, got a phone call randomly um, from my old psychology professor who remembered me. Um, and the reason she remembered me is because first day of class, she wanted to know something unique about us. And I was like, well, hello, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, and what was said, your hello? What was your hello? What was it? Oh, oh, foster homes and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she says, well, we're doing an auction to raise awareness for the foster care system. And, uh, do you write or draw or paint or anything? And I said, well, funny thing, I've been writing about it for the last six months in poetry mm -hmm. form. And she asked me to send it. So I did. And then she asked if it was okay if the local artist uh, made artwork according to my poems. And I said, sure. And she goes, can you come out and do the auction with us? We'd like you to tell your backstory and read one of your poems. And I said, okay, uh, all right, you know bit of stage fright in front of a bunch of people. So I went there, my kids were there to support me. And uh, apparently I 
did it so fast because I said to my son, how did I do? And he said, you did great, except you did it in a minute and a half flat. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous. So yeah, yeah. But they raised a bunch of money. So my poetry not only healed me, but it also helped other kids like me. So that was pretty cool. And it just happened out of the blue. So um, after that, of course, I went back home because I lived and um, found out that uh, unfortunately, my son's girlfriend talked my son into selling the house. So I had nowhere to go. Mm. So I went back to my parents. Wow. (laughs) um, That I only lived with for two years of my life before. The parents who you're adopted a second time. Okay. Yeah. So they were the nice ones. I had not so nice ones the first time around, which is why we ended up in me and my two brothers ended up in children's home. Um, so ended up uh, getting very sick again. And mm. I had uh, another surgery. I've had 25 surgeries. And this surgery was another uh, bowel resection for my Crohn's disease. And unfortunately, I almost died. I guess I had a near death thing happen. Um, all the other surgeries I've had, nothing ever happened. You know, you go to sleep, you wake up in pain, Ugh, you know, right. well, this one, um, I didn't wake up for five days and my heart rate was 25 beats a minute for four of those days. So I was dying and, oh. um, something happened. All I can tell you is <laughs> it's weird. So I see myself laying there in the bed, like I'm above me but I don't feel like I'm floating or anything. I'm just like aware. And I see my mom uh, <laughs> reading Good Housekeeping. And I told her what page she was on when I woke up, which kind of freaked her out. And um, my mind somehow was transported to the two different states my children were living in, um, South Carolina and Pennsylvania. And like, I wasn't, but just my mind was, and I could just see them living regular lives, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And then this voice or whatever says to me, uh, <laughs> it's weird. Um, he, it says to me, see, life continues with or without you. Do you want back in or not? Oh, my and God. I, without hesitation, I said, sure. And I woke up in pain. And oh it was crazy. So after 10 years. Okay, of- I have goosebumps yeah. everywhere, Debbie. I know you want to keep telling the story, yeah. uh, but I just have to pause for a minute because, you know, you hear about these stories, but do you know what was it that made you decide you wanted to go back? Um, I was just getting to that part. So basically okay. when, when I was given the choice and I said, sure, without hesitation. Now, if you ask me right now, um, or at that stage of the game in person, like in real life, I would have sat and hemmed and hawed because I would have been like, Hmm, I could be back with my husband, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but without hesitation, I said, sure. And because I was given the second chance, I guess, um, I told myself, all right, you've been suffering all these years, emotionally, physically, um, just getting sicker, no quality of life. It's time to get busy living. You're here. Mm -hmm get busy living. So I stayed focused on what made me feel better since my husband had passed and it was that traveling. Mm. So I, I was sick. Um, I saved my money 
And I was staying focused to how am I going to do it? I did five years of research through YouTube, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and just figure out how you're going to do it. And in the meantime, of course, I got sick again. I got so sick that I had to go to Mayo Clinic and I was supposed to be there three days, ended up being there three weeks. Mm. Um, And that's when they found everything wrong and told me, um, I, of course I learned from my husband, make jokes, you know, to get through life. Right. And I was making jokes and he leans in all serious, this doctor. And he's like, we're literally two weeks away from amputating both of your hands. You need to take this seriously. And I said, now, what kind of Tinder profile is that going to be cute in the face? No hands. And he's like, you're a mess. And I said, I'm not on Tinder. I'm just saying it's not going to work for me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So so I ended up having a like 3000 milligram IV of steroids every day for three days, you know, thousand each day. And then six months of chemo. Wow. And I lost all my hair and that's why my hair is very long now because I'm never cutting it again. Mm. It was, I looked like my brothers. I'm not doing that ever again. So, (laughs) and I began making um, wire tree sculptures so that I knew I was creative, um, but I didn't know I could make those. So I started making these wire tree sculptures to save my hands Mm. so that along with the treatment. So I I was working them every day Mm -hmm. and they're still here. So I see them. That's amazing. Tabby. That's amazing. Wow. So when was, when was this now that you were in the Mayo Clinic? Uh, 2018. 2018. And when was your near death experience? That that was 2016. Okay. So 2018. Mm -hmm. So you're in the Mayo Clinic. Again, Mm -hmm. you're very close to death. And losing now, limbs. Yeah. <laughs> All my veins limbs, and arteries yeah. were inflamed. So no blood flow, which is why they were dying off. Okay. Yeah. And now here you are and you've been living in your RV since 2018, right? No. So um, it took me a, a little bit longer uh, okay. to heal up and save enough money. And then, uh, so it was May of 2020. <laughs> I locked out with this one too. So I go to get a truck and I have money to put down and everything. And, you know, I'm on disability and widow's benefits, so limited Mm -hmm. budget, but I had some money put away. So I go to get the truck and I was like, Ooh, these are expensive, you know, $40,000. And they said, well, we do have what we call courtesy vehicles where they have a few miles on them, but they're still good. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a 2019 and it had 1400 miles on it. Basically people just borrow them while they're getting their vehicle work. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And I had it checked out and it's the guy from AAA said, you're buying a brand new vehicle for $20,000. Wow. Okay. So half price a week later, before it hits my credit, I go for a trailer. <laughs> ah, sweet. Uh-huh. So I get there and there was a man who had only used this travel trailer maybe twice. And it's a 2018 and he gave it up and found out why later. I'll tell you that, mm. but um, nothing major, but uh, I get it, get there. And I said, I really, you know, can't afford much. I just want to know what you have on the lot. And they said, well, I mean, we have this one over here for uh, $8,000. 
And I said, okay. So I look at it and it's beautiful. It looks mm-hmm. brand new. Yeah. Um, the only problem was, is that the front window uh, needed resealing from the sun. Okay. So me, me and my brother took the window out, scraped everything and put, uh, you know, everything and resealed it. And since then I put a lift on it because it was riding too low for my comfort level. And I put a, a soft start in my AC myself. So, okay. Nice. <laughs> so, so yeah, very happy with it. Okay. And this, and this was, sorry, you said 2020. So after the, during the middle of the pandemic, basically you decided right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the beginning of the pandemic, you went and got yourself a truck and a trailer. Yeah. And, and it's less, both payments are less than I was paying for the apartment I was in. Of course. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And not including, you know, your electric and all everything else. So it's way cheaper way yeah. more affordable. And then of course, being disabled, I get, um, the access pass for national parks and Corps of engineers and all that right now I'm getting comfortable trying to get comfortable with boondocking. So, <laughs> Oh, is that what you're doing right now? Yeah. Right now you're yeah. boondocking and I know you're in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. I, for the first time I'm doing this. So I, it's not that hard. Good. I mean, I have, I have a solar panel, but no solar, uh, no, no luck today. It's all overcast. So mm-hmm. I also have a generator, so I don't see the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Yeah. It, we'll walk in water. You'll have to get water. But other than that, well, yeah. I have, you know, a full tank and then I have um, a, like a jerry can that I carry extra six gallons. And then I have a collapsible for another five gallons, you know, so I try and be prepared. <laughs> yeah. So Debbie, t- I want to hear more. So you, you've had these diagnoses, you went and you decided this was what made you happy traveling. Uh, and you decided to get on the road. Now, my first question to you is, were you concerned about your health while you're traveling? Like what happens now if, if you do have a flare up or is that a concern of yours? Or are you just like, taking life one day at a time. How are you? How are you? So so basically I had to make a deal with my doctors. Otherwise they weren't going to be okay with me traveling. Okay. And I, I said to them, I said, so if I called you up and I was in a flare of any sort, Mm -hmm. um, what would you tell me to do? And he says, go to the nearest ER. And I said, well, they have those all over the country. He goes, good point. Mm -hmm. And I said, he said, so if you start having consistent symptoms, I said, then I would start making my way back home. Okay. Yeah. So I have, I have come a long, long way. So I had four ports. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's, they put it in your chest. I've had four of those and I got my last one out in November because I was getting monthly infusions. I'm no longer on those infusions. I also used to be on 32 pills a day and now I'm down to three. Wow. And it's because I changed not only my lifestyle, but I went on paleo diet, which is really great for autoimmune disease. Oh. I, I worked for hospice and I um, also, you know, did in-home care um, for many years. And one of my patients told me about paleo and it was working for her and she had mm. MS. And oh. I said, I need to try that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
little life, it's amazing what lifestyle changes can do. Um, and- yeah. Well, my doctor asked me, cause I dropped 70 pounds oh. um, in like four months and I wasn't trying to. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, what are you doing different? And I said, oh, I just changed my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. So apparently I didn't know. I mean, I knew things like cancer feed off of sugar, but I didn't know inflammation fed off of sugar mm-hmm. and everything I have is inflammation. So okay. all seven autoimmune disease, autoimmune is inflammation. Okay. And so my whole body was on fire and I was sitting there feeding it sugar, making it worse. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Wow. So I don't know what to ask you next about, I want to <laughs> kind of hear about your poetry. I want to hear about your travels. I want to hear, I want to hear everything. Where do you, what do you want to okay. share? Um, well, any of it's fine. Um, so my travels, gosh, I, I think I've been on like this got to see everything right now kind of thing that people do when they first start. Yeah. But mainly um, the East coast, I did the entire Eastern seaboard because I'm from that side. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course the first year, everybody said, Oh, come see us. You're on wheels. You can do it. Yeah. So that's what I ended up doing. Just going the whole, I went well, and it kind of worked out the way it's supposed to, because I went to Florida and something kept telling me it was supposed to be for Christmas last year. And something kept telling me you need to stick around. And all of a sudden I get a phone call that my dad is sick and mm-hmm. in the hospital. And so I go and he passed away in, in February. Oh, and sorry. I was like, man, I, I always follow my gut. It's always right. You know? Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, sometimes not, not a great thing, but you know, if you follow it, you'll know. So I just, um, and it's funny to me, uh, the main question I get from people is, oh, aren't you afraid to be out there by yourself? And I'm like, um, after what I've been through, I think not. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Good answer. I mean, not much else, you you know, that could happen to me that hasn't already happened. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is what I needed. I needed not only to confront all my old stuff and deal with that by myself to where I could focus on it because I was just being busy before and Mm -hmm. being lost, never healing inside. And I feel like when you have internal stuff that you need to deal with, you need to be able to focus on that. It might be hard. Believe me, it was hard. But um, you'll never heal if you don't give yourself that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And this lifestyle afforded me that. Yeah. You know, because so what- I feel like when you're in the grind, you're working or you're taking care of kids or, you know, whatever, you're busy. Yeah. Distracted. Yeah. And you're not caring about yourself, you know? Yeah. Good point. Good point. So, Debbie, aside from changing your um, diet, what, what's the rest of your day look like that makes you feel like you've, you know, that this is a healthier lifestyle for you? What, what's your day-to-day look like if there okay. is such a thing? Yeah. I mean, it kind of fluctuates because I'm, I'm always on the fly. So, <laughs> um, I'm creative. Like I said, I crochet, I make wire tree sculptures, I make jewelry, whatever. Um, I write in my journal every day. 
Um, that's something that I taught myself to do because my whole life I never did that. Um, and I would say I take my little dog, Sandy, for a walk. She is five pound chihuahua. Mm. And um, I always, always meet somebody. Always. So somebody will be sitting out or you'll pay, be passing somebody. And I'm very talkative, as you can tell. So, mm. <laughs> but I'm kind of both, which is kind of interesting. I didn't know that about myself until recently. I am, I've always thought of myself as an extrovert, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm always out there, always talking, but I find that I need to come back in by myself. Mm. Um, So I'm both Yeah, kind of unique because I, I can spend days by myself. And somebody asked me um, recently, well, don't you, uh, you know, get bored or whatever. And I'm like, I like hanging out with me. Yeah. I think I'm fun. I didn't used to, but Mm. I do now. Yeah. 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 Something you definitely, it's definitely something we have to learn. I think is how to have a good time just with ourselves. Well, I told my son recently, um, I said, I finally found what your dad used to say he saw in me because I never saw it until recently, you know? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's sweet. That is so sweet. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's true. And, and my, um, my youngest son, he's always been wise beyond his years, but he is my cheerleader now because, you know, he, he was worried that I wouldn't come back from, from mm. losing, you know, mm. cause I was gone for quite a while. And yeah. when I came back and I, we were talking, he had come to see me in uh, Wyoming and we were doing grand Tetons in Yellowstone. Highly mm. recommend, highly recommend. Um, I'm definitely going back there like as often as I can. I love the Grand Tetons. I haven't been to Yellowstone yet, but I think I will go this year. Oh, it's just it for me. It's just, you know, I was I'm from Florida. So flatland, you know, and I'm going through there and going through this mountain pass. And I'm just like, oh, come on. I can't take anymore. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. you know. <laughs> and then, you know, the wildlife and all that. So my son and I were sitting there having one of our deep conversations one night. And I said, you know, I, I really feel like I deserve this. And he goes, you deserve every damn minute of it, mom. And I was like, I am buying you pom-poms. You are now my cheerleader. (laughs) How wonderful, how wonderful that you also have that supportive community. That's really cheering you on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people that know me know what I've gone through. Um, They've seen me like even, even my mom, when I lived with her, never realized, cause I was always with my husband and whatnot, um, through my illnesses. And she, until she saw me that sick, she just was in tears and she was like, you suffer so much. And I was like, eh, I'm used to it. You know, <laughs> just, yeah. it just to live this life now, it's like, I came out the other side. Yeah. Like I, I am on the other side of it. It's awesome. Wow. I, I wake up every day, literally saying, so I get another one. Cool. Let's go see what I can get into, you know, Yeah. which is why I took this opportunity. I said, take every opportunity that's out there. Yeah. Because we only get this one time. And I learned that early with my husband, 38 years old. Oh, geez. I was oh, yeah. at 38. We were both the same age. And I'm just like, I'm living, I'm living. And yeah. if an opportunity arises, I say, yes. Sure. Let's try it. Yeah. Unless it's something stupid, you know? Yeah. 
Well, sometimes you got to do that too, or else you don't know it's stupid till you try it. I, I've done stupid. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what have been some of, some of the highlights of, of your, you said you did not, you've done 19 months in 31 states. So you talked about Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. What have been some other highlights? It can be places, it can be experiences, whatever. Okay. Idaho surprised me. Um, I guess, you know, just being in Florida, you don't think of Idaho as a beautiful state, but boy, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I was like, wow, I really like it here, you know? Yeah. And then um, Maine, highly expensive, but beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know? So you you just got to be cautious of that part but you know unfortunately on the east coast it's really just not boondocking you know what i mean right it's, it's hard to come by mm-hmm. unless you unless you can be stealthy but i can't i have a trailer so. right yeah <laughs> but yeah it was just um maine maine was really pretty cool because i went to cadillac mountain in acadia national okay forest, and it's just like the best place to see sunrise apparently because it comes up first there or something. I don't know. But it, it was just really, really beautiful. Um, of course, I did. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went up from Georgia to Clingman's Dome, which is in North Carolina. And I camped um, alongside my brother who was hiking the Appalachian Trail. Oh, wow. How so, cool is that? Well, what the cool part is, is he is one of the brothers that I met when I was 25, when I met my biological mother. And so we were bonding. It was pretty cool. So I picked him up every third day, let him get a shower, fed him, let him sleep and then put him on the trail again. And that way he felt safe because he's obviously younger than me. She had me and my two brothers gave us up and she had three more and kept them. Never Mm. told them about us. Oh, so, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so many stories here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried to tell you. <laughs> we, we could do three parts of this podcast. Yeah, I have. I have lived an amazing journey. Uh, I'll put it that way. Some, you know, some really rough and some really great. That's the whole thing. So yeah. I look I look forward to just exploring this whole country. I mean, just, you know, and but so, I stay positive. I mean, I'm still here. I'm still kicking and look at the life I get to live now. Yeah. Yeah. So you're out there in Arizona. Are you going to head over to the court site? Well, you know, it's funny. I want, I want to just to experience it, but people here are like, Oh, don't go there. You know, it's too crowded. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be jam packed and all this stuff. Just drive up there. I don't know what to do. I, yeah. you know, I was like, but I paid for the season pass. So why don't I just camp up there for a week? If I don't like it, I'll come back down here. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. I mean, you, you, know, you like people, so it, you yeah. just, just know what you're getting into. Yeah. I'm not going to that one part I heard about called magic circle. I'm not going there. That's closed clothing option. <laughs> oh, okay. Not for you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the thing about this lifestyle, right? There is just a place for everybody, really. You know, if you want to be, that is true. If you want to be in a, you know, big crowded place, or if you want to be out in the middle of nowhere, like which, whatever you want, you really can find it. It's just 
we're just living in a different kind of vehicle, really. Yeah. Right. Well, that's it. If people say, house, um, yeah. are you homeless? I'm like, um, no, I, I said in, in my apartment that we consider having a home, right. I had a dining room, a bedroom, a kitchen, a closet, a bathroom. I have all that right here. Yeah. And what's the difference? Except for I can change what I open my window to. Right. You know, and the property I have is the entire United States is my backyard. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I do have, I, I mean, I'm going to try and do this. Um, I have poems on my phone. If you wanted to hear one. I do want to hear a poem. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you would share one. Um, probably a couple actually, cause they're short. Yeah. Great. Let's hear <laughs> but a couple. Short to the point. I can read the one, uh, one that my, um, my mom is, it's her favorite because it basically, um, is from the perspective of a little girl and of me being little and all the way up until I met her. And how old were you when you met her? Um, 14, but she adopted me when I was 15. Okay. So this one, it's from a little girl's voice though. Mm-hmm. So um, it's called, I promise I'll be good. Why is daddy so mad? Where did he go? Mommy, where are you going? Come back, please. Where did they go? What did I do? I promise I'll be good. You're my new mommy and daddy. No, not you either. Maybe you're my new parents. No, then who will be? What did I do? I promise I'll be good. Where am I going? A home with other kids with no mommies and daddies? Please, no. I promise I'll be good. You're my new mommy and daddy? You say you love me? I don't believe you. You'll leave me too, even if I promise to be good. That's the end of that one. Oh my God, that's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine, I'm fine. But that's, that's what I had to get out of me, you know? Yeah. um, how healing though for you to write all this right yeah and it just flowed out like literally just came out at night it was kind of wild so um I'll share let's see this one I feel like anybody can um introduce whatever theirs would be okay so this one is called fragments of identity I have been a foster child an adopted child an angry child I have been a wife, a mother, a widow. I am disabled woman. Identity's here for a moment. Identity's lost. Is that all I am? Is there more to me? If I put all the fragments together, does that make me whole? (laughs) Thank you. These are great. Debbie, have you published these aside from the art auction? Are these anywhere? Are you going to self-publish a book? Well, I... I hesitate to self-publish only because it's kind of like, hey, look at me. I published myself, but I would rather have someone actually who's in the business say, Mm. hey, those are worth publishing. Let's hear one more poem. Okay. So this next one is going to be, um, you can tell the transition from here's the sad stuff and what I was going through to starting to heal. And it's called Brick Laying you know, like laying bricks. Yeah. 
It seems only when it becomes so unbearably heavy will the bricks be laid. Only when true comprehension and acceptance comes will you begin to put the bricks down. Brick by brick, you look at the pain it represents. Accept it happened, lay it down, let it go. One by one, brick by brick, the wall gets bigger. The past is behind the wall. As you turn around, see nothing but where you stand now and out into the future. You can no longer look back and see the pain. Lighter and lighter you feel. You can breathe now and walk upright. The wincing in your face is gone. You are ready. <laughs> okay. There's been so many moments in this interview where I've just gotten goosebumps. Well, so, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> I, it is a good thing. I just want to thank you for just being so vulnerable and open and sharing everything with me who we haven't even ever met before. And, yeah. you know, and with my audience too, of people who are listening in here, other women who aspire to do what you and I are doing or who are also out here on the road with us. So yeah. I really, I really, really appreciate your, your coming on today and, and sharing all of that. Yeah. I just, um, I feel like the more open you are, the more responsive other people are, and they feel more comfortable with telling their story because all of us, no matter what, have a story. Mm -hmm. All of us mm -hmm. have been through something, if not a few things. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes people ask me, you know, oh my, I've never been through anything like yours, you know, and they kind of limit themselves. And what I try and tell people is, so say you had a perfect life and then one day your best friend, your dog dies. That is the most traumatic thing you've ever had to endure. And it's huge mm -hmm. because you've never had to endure things. I've been, I've had training since I was three of yeah. bad things happening. So it might sound hugely traumatic to you guys, but you kind of, you know, have to accept it as it comes. Yeah. It sucked for a while, but it's not quite as traumatic as one certain sudden thing that happens to somebody who's never had to go through anything. Yeah. So every story is important. Mm -hmm. Every story. Yeah. Now I just feel like because of what I've been through and the fact that I can just say it, it, it helps people be able to share theirs. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it makes a difference. I hope I, my biggest thing is I hope that I help somebody else. I'm sure you already have. You already have hundred percent. I mean, you just made my day. So there. Yeah. Well, thanks. The more we can, we can look at our lives and find the good in it. Maybe a happier world we'll be living in. Mm -hmm. If more people would do that. Yeah. So that's just my opinion though. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great philosophy. Debbie, thanks so much uh, for coming on today. I really want to thank my guest Debbie today for being so vulnerable, sharing her story and also for sharing her beautiful poetry with us. Here are my key takeaways from today. Number one, humor is powerful medicine. It can help us cope with hard times and tough news. Number two, listen to your gut to keep you safe, but also follow your gut to find amazing experiences. Number three, this lifestyle can be healing with the right mindset. Number four, solo travel can teach you to love yourself in a way you never dreamed possible. 
if you let it. Number five, if an opportunity arises, say yes. And number six, finally, tell your story can help someone else. In fact, that's the whole reason we have this podcast. So if you have a story that you would like to share, please reach out to us at info at travelswithsqueaky.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Solo Women RV podcast. For now, you can find more content for solo women RVers and campers over at travelswithsqueaky.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you heard something today that you think someone else could benefit from, please share this episode with them or leave us a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. Until next week, we'll see you out there on the road. Thank you.